the button on Google Hangouts, when you click it, it says start broadcast. I'm but sorry, not... what what was that word? Just broadcast. No, no, before that. The button. The, the button? button. The button that I press when we start recording an episode of Game Life Balance US. What says, the hell is a button? It says start broadcast on the button. What is a button? Now, we are a podcast, not a broadcast. We do not cast broadly. We cast podly. So the button, I feel... What is a button? I am a Joe should read start podcast or start recording, perhaps. There are two T's in that word, and you're literally ignoring both of them. Welcome to Game Life Balance U.S., the American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. We're a lifestyle podcast hosted by adult gamers, trying to juggle our hobbies with the increasing demands of the real world. Join us each week to catch up on what we've been up to lately, whether it's saving the world from space aliens or learning how to change a diaper. Check out our website for links to connect with us on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and more at GameLifeBalance.us. I'm Adam from Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Longbox Edition, a podcast member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. Here we go! Now that I have pressed the start broadcast button, even though we are not broadcasting, we I guess we'll just do the podcast as a broadcast. Or are we doing the broadcast as a podcast? That is not at all how you pronounce that word. So now that I, Cody Goff, have hit the button, you, Jonathan Martin, are welcome to join me in this episode of Game Life Balance US in what I think will be a visual soiree of delectables a decoupage if you will. a decoupage if you will and i will i shall in fact do that i wish i had a decoupage button that would be impressive i still don't think you're pronouncing that word right yeah you know, i feel like we took a week off and it um it was nice not to see you it was nice not to see you it, yeah, you know you it was it was weird though i mean this is like because because this is such like a tuesday routine thing like it almost kind of screwed up my whole week in terms of like my my planning because like when you're when you go into like dad mode and go and uh, and like husband and dad mode, like your schedule becomes very set. Like I, I have a very set schedule now. So it was very thanks. It was very disruptive. That was very nice of you to take a vacation on me. Thank you for disrupting everything. Anytime. And I should apologize to our audience for not giving anyone a heads up that we were going to be off last week. That was a rarity. That is the first week. We've not posted something since we debuted Game Life Balance US. That that is, that said, though, you had this vacation planned for a while, right? Yeah, I just didn't plan on doing anything with the podcast. Before we go any further, though, I should probably say someone here had a birthday. And Who? he turned 47 years old. Did so I want to say, say happy birthday to you for turning 47. It does make it even creepier as the years go on that you're hanging out with high school kids still. I mean, we're just going to let that fly. You're going to be that guy. Mm -hmm. You've already kind of come to terms with that. Mm -hmm. So, but no, you really did have a birthday. And it was. Well, thank you. I did have a birthday. It was the big three one for you. We maybe. Yeah. I've I've kind of lost track of my age as well. Yeah. I tell my agent I can do 25 to 35. That's about it. Your agent? Yeah, my agent. My acting agent. Like secret agent man? No, my acting agent. Also, like agent. before we go further, I should say, uh, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but there is a 99% chance that there's going to be some serious screams for my son tonight, and I'll tell you why in a bit. He'll be going to bed in like 10-ish. There he is right now, in like 5 to 10 minutes. But yeah, there'll, there'll be some, there'll be some, there's going to be some tears for the next foreseeable future. Wow, I love when Max makes cameos on the podcast, though. I gotta say, mm-hmm. just his voice, really. Well, because you you've, you've got to play those right when he's you know in high school or something. 
And look what you did. You ruined daddy. You ruined daddy's hobby. Thank you. Right, right. It's got to be some real, kind of like when my sister yesterday posted a photo of us from when we were very little and 180 some people liked it. Did you see that? No. Oh, because you don't go on regular Facebook. You only use the Facebook groups app. I do. Okay, cool. Well, I am not going to reshare it, but Hannah I think, shared. I think they were probably liking the picture of her, right? I think we can both assume that. No, we can. I don't know, but it's the most like I like. I've seen I've seen fewer likes on I've just gotten engaged posts. It's like bizarre, but it, I think it's because I have long flowing hair in it as I used to do, and we both look utterly awful. Actually, she doesn't look that bad. I look pretty awful in it. That's you, probably why I got like, I don't know. It's You got to see it. You had to be there. You looked pretty awful with that hair. I looked pretty awesome with that hair. I know. Yes, thank you for awful. telling me that. Yeah, it was pretty awful. Uh, yeah, so what are we talking about today? Oh, yeah, we're talking about a lot of things. Well, we're not going to talk about video games much because we have, you know, this is game life balance, the U.S. Sometimes we're, we talk games. The last few weeks, we actually got kind of game heavy. So we're going we're gonna to pull back. We're going to talk... We're gonna talk. Are you ready for this? I'm I'm starting to like wave my head around because uh-huh. I'm because uh, I'm ready to say it. We're gonna talk live stuff, live stuff, live stuff. See how terrible it looks when you do the echo yourself. I te- this is why I tell you every week not to do the echo. I do the echo. Does it look like that when I do it? I don't think it does. It does. Your head like rotates several times. It's very strange. I don't know why you do it. Hmm. But there you go. So I feel like the life stuff that you're going to talk about is kind of like the meat and potatoes of the podcast. I kind no, of, no. What I talk about is the meat. What you talk about is the potatoes. Well, I was thinking I was I would talk like I would talk about the salad before the meal because I believe oh, well, you're, I believe that you are going to represent both the meat and or the potatoes. Interesting. But then if you're the salad, then you should go first. What that's if you're what the I'm, carrots? That's what I'm saying. I should probably go first. Oh. Well, the name of your segment isn't Life Stuff. No, the name of your not. segment is. That's why I'm disappointed that you introed it as Life Stuff. No, the name of my segment is The Joy of Parenting. Oh. Was that pretty good? It was all right. You sounded really uh, overjoyed. You should call it The Overjoyed of Parenting overjoyed with all of that enthusiasm you had. So, um, Max, my son, just turned two, as in like. Two-ish weeks ago, uh, a month, oh, yeah. Happy birthday. a month and two weeks ago. Sorry, uh, in mid-February, and um, Casey and I have been talking, and we're like, we are going to, we're going to do the big boy bed at two years old. Like that's what we're going to do. There's going to like he needs to transition into that. Like now is the time. That Andy had already climbed out of his crib, so it's like when they start doing that, you kind of have to consider transitioning them to a bed because otherwise they're going to fall out of their crib and hurt themselves. So. We got the bed. I put it together. Uh, we put it in the room. And that was just over the weekend, like last Friday. And so the interesting thing about a big boy bed after after your son has been in a regular in a crib is that when he wakes up, there's nothing holding him in. So he just has the ability to get out of bed, kind of do whatever he wants. Now, we also installed a light switch extender for him. So he actually knows how and can turn on and off the light in his room as well. So, you know, like we were a little nervous at first and you can probably see why that like he was going to wake up and, and get into trouble in there. We even locked down the furniture so that it couldn't fall um, in case he decided he wanted to climb on stuff. So we've bolted the furniture to the walls uh, so that he is less in danger of hurting himself. But I mean, if you think about it, if we're asleep, and he wakes up at five o'clock. I mean, we're not going to wake up and he could climb on top of his dresser if he wanted to and fall off of that. And like, we wouldn't know until he started screaming. So it's a little scary as a parent to like make this transition. Um, so we did it. And the first couple of nights, this is about like the fourth night now. And like the first two nights, it was scream, scream, scream. And I'm going to immediately get out of bed and I'm going to scream some more. And this one, this would go on for like 20 minutes. We would do the dance of, I'm going to go back in there and put you back into bed. And then I'm going to come out again. And then I'm going to go back in there and put you to bed, et cetera. Um, tonight, he actually, my wife just put him to bed. And he actually seems to be doing pretty well. The interesting thing is that in the mornings, he he like didn't get up out of bed, which is like the whole thing about being in a, a, a 
big boy bed now is that like we assumed he was going to get up and just kind of play by himself in the morning. He sleeps like an extra half an hour to an hour in this bed now, which is like the craziest thing. So he seems like he sleeps better in this bed than he did in his crib. Hmm. So that was over the first couple of nights. Now this last night, just just last night for the first time, when we woke up, uh, he was hopping around his room. <laughs> just hop- And he says, he says hop when he hops. So it was just him. We just were like watching him on the baby monitor and he would just go hop, hop. And each time he said hop, he would just jump around the room. And he was just jumping around the room. He did that for like a half an hour. Your baby monitor has a camera? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So you can watch him. It's actually kind of awesome. Uh, but yeah, it's just him hopping around the room. So it was pretty hilarious. Uh, he's, he's, a goof, he's a total goofball. He's totally goofy. Um, so I'll keep you posted as to how this is going. But so far, the first couple of nights have been real hairy. Tonight seems like it has gone slightly better just from what I can hear in the background. But um, yeah, it's it's stressful. Like, like you kind of like take that kind of thing for granted. You're like, Oh yes, I, as an adult male, am going to sleep in a normal size bed, but you kind of take for granted, like your kid doesn't. And then when you have to make that transition, it's a, it's kind of, it's kind of a scary thing. Well, that is frightening with the whole human being thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. Over the the last week, I spent a lot of time with our friend Logan, who also has a small child. A bit younger than Max, uh, a bit younger than your kid. And is also has also somewhat recently entered the phase of. I remember on on this podcast or on a podcast that we did together, you explained how your son learned how to run. He didn't learn how to walk. He just learned how to run. And yeah, a child's yeah. job then becomes to run as fast as possible into things to it's, injure himself. It's more they learn how to walk, but then as soon as they learn how to run, then they stop walking forever. Like they just don't walk anymore. Yeah. So. That's kind of the phase that she was in somewhat recently. So we spent a lot of time there. And uh, and yeah, they, they get scared of, you know, the parents naturally get scared of, like, we don't want anything to happen that's damaging to right. our being that uh, we're in charge of. So I cannot imagine what that's like, nor will I anytime soon, because I have no children of my own, nor a wife, nor... Uh, Any prospects. I like hanging out with college kids. You do. That's, that's pretty much it. You're only getting older. Closer and they to, stay the same age. Closer to death. High five. So so that's all I got. Uh, but really, this, this episode it was, was kind of supposed to be about you. So you were just on vacation. Really, my life is, is all about me, Jonathan. Yeah, I know. Trust me. <laughs> uh, so you were on vacation. And you decided you're going for a week. Is that right? Like a week I was. Yeah, I was on vacation. And uh, I guess you could say that to me, that was life stuff. Life stuff. Life stuff. Thanks for the echo, John. Life stuff. Yeah. um, My girlfriend is a high school teacher, so she gets a week off for spring break, which is awesome. Like by default. Like don't don't have to take it as vacation. You just get a week off, right? Right. Which is great. It's pretty sweet. So I was like, well, cool, you got a week off. How about I take a week off? I had to expend vacation days, which really sucks, but whatever. So we wanted to do something outdoorsy slash warm because I want, partially I wanted to prove to her that I do actually like being outside when it's nice and there's cool stuff to do. I actually quite enjoy hiking and I've been backpacking before. Like, like I, I'm, yeah, I'm surprisingly into outdoorsy nature-like activities. Everybody thinks I'm just, you know, and I don't always even like going outside in Chicago, uh, but that's not nature. Like, But if, if, I, if you, like we visited my brother Zach in Montana when he was in college, and like I just, I would not go inside. I was just outside all over the place. And this is like middle school. So um, I like outdoorsy stuff. Well, we looked at a bunch of places. I really want to go to Utah someday because when I drove through it on a road trip a few years back, it's like the most beautiful part of the country, I think. But alas. There's a lot of white people there. Are there? It stays whiter out later in Utah. Oh, right. Because Bernie won Utah. Yeah, that's right. a lot of white people. Yeah, I heard Alaska and Hawaii are 100% just, white now, too. Like, no, there's like legitimately a lot of white people in Utah. It's a very white state. It just is. It's- Especially after Bernie won. Especially, that's exactly right. But especially after Bernie won. It got whiter. It stayed whiter out later. 
<laughs> I don't know what that means. So we decided Colorado. All right, Colorado is a good, affordable middle ground because we could stay with my cousins out there, our friend Logan's out there. We could stay places. We set up a cool thing, and then um, we stayed there for a week. It was great, and we did. It was weird. You know, we and, you, go, and you picked and you picked Colorado specifically. You're saying because of the friends being there. And because you knew other people there, because you had yes, there, right? which made it then more cheap and affordable. Right. Okay. It was part. It was mostly utilitarian. Um, I know that obviously weed is legal there, but that actually wasn't a major factor. Okay. Because let's be honest, I'm in Chicago. If I want drugs, I'll go to the, the people that sell drugs. The crack house down the street. What are they called? The crack houses. I'd I go to the crack house. I believe I they call them drug dealers. If I wanted a marijuana, if I wanted to buy a couple marijuanas, I would talk to a to a drug dealer, a man right. who deals in the or woman, or anything in between, or on outside the spectrum of gender. It which is, is a gender. It is a gender neutral term. It is not dealer and dealerette. It is just dealer. Are you sure? Well, no, not a hundred percent. Fairly certain. Okay, Mister Dealer. What if it's Mister Dealer? Miss, Mr. Dealerette. It could be a. Then it could be Mrs. Well, or Mrs. Or, it could be a, or a transsexual. I don't. It doesn't matter. Anyone can deal. We don't discriminate on game life balance, US, we don't especially if you're selling us drugs. No, we don't at all. So, <laughs> so you were in Colorado where weed is legal. Yeah, let's talk about weed a whole lot. Okay. Because I'm going to spare you and everybody else. I mean, yeah, like I went hiking a couple days. It was beautiful. I went to a bunch of coffee shops. Like, like I seriously went to 12 coffee shops when I was there. I, you, you could probably still tell I have some caffeine in me. It was wonderful. It was 60 degrees a couple of days we were there. It was snowing heavily a couple of days we were there. So we, inside, outside, it was great. Cool. There was Cody's trip. I also went to marijuana dispensaries. Like multiple of them. Multiple of them. Okay. And they are the coolest thing. And if any lawmaker in Washington took a trip to Denver and went to the Green Solution, which is the name of a company that I will definitely buy stock in if they ever go public. Definitely. And go to the Green Solution and get help there and buy weed or even not buy weed or whatever. That that lawmaker would walk out and say, okay, let's legalize marijuana. And Colorado's just did an amazing job. So what do you know about Colorado's legalization? Um, I know that... Uh... There are now more people in jail in Colorado than ever before. I know it is a hyper-violent state that nobody should travel to. Frankly, yeah. I'm surprised you got out alive. Um, I know that um, if you've smoked two marijuanas, it can kill you. Mm-hmm. So and your family. That, I've been told that before. I, you know, I've heard, I've heard that basically from what I understand, they've made a lot of money. And there hasn't been a lot of... I mean, it's a very new thing. It's only been out as a legal drug there for, what, two years now? So maybe not even that. Maybe it's been like a year and a half. No, it's been know. two years. It's been two years. Um, and so like, like in terms of like the grand scheme of time of, of laws, especially like legalization of drugs, it's probably kind of hard to get an idea of what sort of like long-term ramifications there have been. But as of right now, it just seems like it's mostly positive that there's been a lot of money that has been taxed and gone to schools. Um, that was like the majority of the original deal was that if they were going to do this, the taxes were going to go to schools up to like a certain amount of millions of dollars. Um, and I think they already hit that. Um, and I think generally it's considered now like a tourist attraction there as well. Um, they sell it in dispensaries. Like you said, that's like what I know about it. Okay. Yeah. That's So according to my cousin, he said that, Colorado is pretty much drowning in money right now with how much you said that they were uh, to go. The taxes were supposed to go to education up to a certain amount. Well, he said they hit that amount. I thought it was like eighty million dollars. It was like, it was a very large amount of money. I think it was in the hundreds of millions, but okay. I'm not sure. But, uh, but he said with the excess taxes, and this may have been an exaggeration, but the state, he he says the state essentially said, yeah, we have enough extra tax revenue basically to give everybody 20 bucks back. So here's a referendum. Do you want us to do that? Or I don't know, have like a hundred million dollars for roads or whatever it was. And he said, yes, everybody voted for roads. So now we have really good infrastructure. And that was kind of it. Like there was so much money 
that they had surpassed the amount that they had said they were allowed to take from the dispensaries or something. So like, it actually got to the point where they were like, well, we might have to give some back to the dispensaries because there's so much. Ta- Obviously, the government figured out how to move some stuff around to spend it on whatever they wanted because that's what governments do. But um, yeah, it's gone great. It's very, very highly regulated. So let me describe to you the uh, pot buying experience. Yeah, what if, so, what if I am average Joe Jonathan Martin? Which would be a really dumb name, but I mean, you'd probably think I, you'd probably think I wasn't legally buying weed if I went in with that name. Let's just say I went in as Jonathan Martin. What would my experience be like? Right. So, walk into the green. So first of all, we pull up to the Green Solution, and it's in a tiny strip mall, like where where it looked like kind of where Magna used to be in Rockford. Do you remember Magna? That big of a place. No, no, no. But you know that strip mall yeah. where there's a Taekwondo yeah. place and the cleaners, the dry yeah. cleaners? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's basically like that. Like we pull up and there's – it's literally a dollar store, a liquor store, a laundromat, like a coffee shop or something like that. Probably some Chinese place, I think, and then a dispensary. So it's super normal. It's not like this is from another planet. You walk in and it's just a tiny reception area uh, with a girl at a desk and she takes your IDs. And puts you in some kind of system or whatever and says, okay, great. Your bud tender will be with you in a moment. Just walk right in and wait. It's adorable. So this is an industry term. It's an actual industry term. They used bud tender at every dispensary we went to. Okay. So maybe sounds like a stupid pun. It makes sense. There's a bartender. It maybe sounds like a stupid pun. And so we walk in. So there's this like steel door. We open it. We walk in. And it is, it's like an Apple store for weed. This is the green solution. Other places weren't as flashy, but they had a display of they had a glass case that's three tiers high. And in it, you could see the bud. You could actually see some of the buds of a marijuana strain with a name next to it on a little, on a little name plate that had a small description of it. And then an iPad. And on the iPad screen, it had the exact chemical breakdown next of to that each, strain. An, an iPad next to each individual strain. Next to each one, there were about that twenty. A, that's a lot of money. Yeah, there were about a twenty. There were about twenty strains, and there were that's almost almost as little unnecessary. It, it was un- unbelievable. So, it, it, it for each one, there are two main families of marijuana. There's indica and sativa. Indica is. In the last bud tender we met, it gave us the best way on earth to remember it. Indica is Inda Couch. You smoke Indica and you sink Inda Couch. It's it's a low, it's a chill out, I'm gonna pass out kind of thing. And sativa is more of a head high, he describes it, and that's you're kind of more awake. So indica's kind of the downer weed and sativa's kind of the upper weed in terms of energy level, even though they do the same thing. So not only does it break down indica and sativa, most are hybrids, so it'll say you know 90, 10, or 80, 20, whatever, indica, sativa, but then it also breaks down 10 or 12 chemicals that I've never heard of. I don't know what they are. They're all the weird little like sub things. So we walk in, there's those, and then if you walk over a little further, there, are, there must have been literally 50 different types of wax or shatter. Wax is... I have no idea what that is. Yeah, wax you basically cook with, right? So you can take a little thing of wax. Um, it's 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 wax. It's like um like earwax, I want to say, but less gross, of course. It's usually a couple little balls of wax, and you can melt that with butter or olive oil, let's say, and cook with it. Or there are certain apparatuses that you smoke with it. And then shatter is similar to wax, but it's I think more highly concentrated and again you smoke with different apparatuses there's several different ways to smoke in addition to bud which is you basically light on fire use like a cigarette there's the wax and shatter and uh uh, very highly concentrated forms of weed that you you basically have to heat up super high and you can smoke there's a thing called dabbing there are vape pens that only smoke this resin that you get um so there's lots of different forms of ingesting weed very complicated it was very complicated. And the bud tender walks you through the entire process and answers any questions you have. I imagine this is part of the weed regulation process. I imagine the state lawmakers said, all right, look, we're going to make it legal. But when you walk into a dispensary, a person has to show you around personally and explain everything to you so you know exactly what's going on, exactly what the risks are, exactly what the product does, exactly how to consume it. Um, 
because it was very uniform at all the places. Our bud tender was a Southern lass named Winona because of course she was. Mm-hmm. And she was phenomenal. Uh, she could she could have sold us a car if, if she really wanted to. And she showed us through all this stuff. Um, and we ended up getting some bud. And they explained to you the diff- what the different strains do. The big thing in all the dispensaries is they, they, have, they have a giant jar, you know, of two pounds of weed. And they'll unscrew it and they have you smell it. And what Winona told us was, listen to your body. If you smell it and you like it, then you'll probably want to smoke it. And if it smells bad, then you probably don't want to smoke it. So I thought was fair. So, yeah, I'm, I look at it and I go, hey, there's a strain called Death Star. I've heard that the Star Wars-themed strains are pretty popular. Let's, let's try that. So she takes the Death Star and holds up a little can to me, and I unscrew the top, and I smell it, and I go, cool, Death Star smells good. I'll get some of that. They have pieces there that, that you can smoke out of, that, of course, lighters and things like that, lots of merchandise. Um, and then we went and checked out. Oh, um, and the final thing they have is edibles. Lots of edibles, and edibles are becoming a really, really popular thing. Like all over so, the place? We're talking like oh. coolers and baked goods and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, we're talking for, so you can still, from what I can tell, only purchase edibles at dispensaries. And right now in Colorado, uh, by the way, um, you get your weed and everything in a sealed bag, and you're supposed to not open it until you get home. So there's no public consumption of weed. It's just like alcohol. Same yeah. thing. So no open containers in your car, no, you know, half smoked bowls in their car right um so uh it's it's all tightly wrapped um but the edibles sold at dispensaries are becoming more and more diverse in terms of what you can get so we bought a chocolate bar that's just like a hershey's chocolate bar but it's got a bunch of weed in it and it's supposed to taste the same as it tastes the same as a chocolate bar um but you have one square of it in your high um they've actually standardized a serving size of uh, weed for ingesting and it's so what happens when you ingest weed is because the way it's cooked down it's essentially what i've been told is pure thc which is the primary ingredient that makes weed weed right um thc it's going to give you pretty much the same high no matter what you're eating but they've um standardized it to 10 milligrams of thc in an edible is one serving so you can get so uh, actually we got a, an iced coffee that they just released three days before we went there it's brand new product, iced coffee. It's just a little bottle and there's 10 milligrams of THC in it. So you drink an iced coffee and you're high. Um, they had a root beer bottle that had 17 servings of THC in it. Jesus. So, yeah. So, in uh, one, one root beer bottle? Yeah. yeah. So, so the bud tender said, yeah, my friend and I accidentally split one one night and uh, we couldn't function like at all. So that was pretty funny. Um so, uh, but yeah, they have chocolate bars, they have hard candies, they have little pastries, there's brownies, there's cookies, there's, it's all individually wrapped, um, and gummies. Gummies, very popular, very delicious, all really good. Okay. So we, that's all the products that are available, and you walk through, and the experience is unbelievable. You're being helped the whole time. They're very transparent about everything. They tell you the prices of everything, and... um let's just say it was a little more economically efficient than buying weed off the streets in uh, major so cities. Give me, give me an idea of pricing. Let's say average Joe, Jonathan Martin went in there and wanted to buy weed. He wanted to buy one weed. How much would he have to pay? So I have no idea what pricing is normally like for marijuana, but I'm I'm interested. So tell me tell me how much it would cost to go in and buy weed. All right, I'm looking through my wallet and my receipts because I want to remember. So there was a place where I got one gram of black raspberry Kush was the name of the strain. Black raspberry Kush. One gram was fourteen fifty. And now there are how many grams in an ounce? Uh. Isn't, no, that how, never get, isn't that how marijuana is normally sold? Yeah, I never really got good with the conversion. Uh, I believe it was... <clears throat> crap, I'm not going to remember this. I don't remember exactly. But a gram is like three small buds, which if you grind up will probably let you smoke, I don't know, a lot. I hope you're Googling it right now because I can't remember. One ounce is 28.34 grams. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it was around the, the range of like, actually I have, Ooh, Oh, I have my receipt from the green solution. This will tell me, um, 
Yeah, the, the conversions were tricky because they, they kind of talk about it in ounces and in grams, uh, which can get a little confusing. Here we go. The green solution. So what did I pay for? I paid uh, I paid $36 for an eighth of Grape Escape. Okay. So 36 bucks for an eighth, I guess. Okay. I don't know if that's high or low, actually. I don't either. I don't either. Um, <clears throat> but I got that. I also got a key lime truffle for two fifty. It was like a little truffle, individually sealed, and it tasted like key lime pie. That's and I one serving. And I was high. Okay. So you can get high for like two or three bucks, generally. Interesting. Not expensive. Okay. Cheaper than a beer, really, or about the same price. About the same. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, and actually, the root beer that we got uh, was. I thought it was 15 bucks, but I don't see it on this receipt. Um, you did buy the root beer that had 17 servings in it? I did buy the root beer that had 17 servings in it, but I can't find it on this receipt. Maybe we got it for free. Maybe we lucked out. I doubt it, but uh, but whatever. The, the root beer was 18 bucks, but it had a okay. ton of servings in it. So, right. um, you know, between like one and three bucks for a serving, basically, depending on how you're consuming it. Um, we also had to buy a piece there because we didn't have anything to smoke with, obviously. So, um, so I, I purchased a, a like a five dollar crappy little little bubbler. Do you know what bubbler is? It uses water, I would assume. Correct. Um, so there's like straight pieces that are basically like a cigarette, right? So a bubbler, uh, a bubbler is yeah. You put water in a chamber. It's usually shaped, shaped curved like a saxophone. So you breathe in the top and then it, it curves down and then up slightly where you put the bowl, you light the bowl and you, you know, you inhale it. Well, because I got a $5 crappy one, it was a really small bubbler, which is fine. But because of the way it curves and it, you smoke it like it's straight in front of you, the bowl was close and I have a giant nose. So I had to turn my head to avoid lighting my nose on fire whenever I smoked out of the bubbler. And it was a little awkward all week. Now, did you get to bring that home? Uh, no. I suppose, well, we I, can t- I suppose we can talk about travel home at the end of the at the end of the trip. Yeah, so, yeah, but uh, yeah, go ahead. So you had you had a good time walking through these dispensaries. You went to multiple then, and kind of they were all set up the same way, and you bought from multiple of them as well. Yeah, the reason I bought from multiple of them is because uh, I really wanted. So there are different strains available at all of them. I mentioned Death Star. And I've heard there is like a whole family of Star Wars themed weed. And I've heard that Jedi is really, really good weed. And I had never heard of Death Star, but I knew it was Star Wars. So I got Death Star and Death Star is definitely my favorite that I smoked. Uh, it was really fun. We, we got Black Raspberry Kush. We got, uh, I'm, oh, I wrote it down in a bookmark of this book. Aha. So glad that I'm in arm's reach of me. Um, we bought, Lord, maybe I can't find the, the, darn it. Oh, there it is. Sorry. I have to reference this for accuracy. Wow. No, I can't find it. I hope my girlfriend kept it. Nope. Here. I'm just going to go through every book That's I own. Book. I brought a bunch of, I brought We've a got lot time. of books. I brought a lot of books with me to, uh, to Colorado to read and uh, apparently cannot find the one bookmark that actually details what we we bought but we got black herbs very kush we got death star we got a couple other ones we got uh jilly bean and there was one other one but we we experimented a little with sativa versus indica and i mean we didn't like spend the whole time smoking we would do it about once a day um and but it was nice it was fun so i shouldn't say we actually i shouldn't say we i should say i did um because my, my girlfriend really doesn't like smoking because <laughs> hurts your throat yeah. and stuff like that. So she had a couple of gummies and like those. So was, tell me about the, the culture um, of, of now this being a state with legal marijuana. So did you meet other uh, people traveling that were, that were like partaking in this because it's legal in Colorado? Um, were there a lot of natives there that were, that were frequent frequenters of dispensaries as they would be frequenters of bars in other parts of the country. Like how does it, how does it fit into the culture there now? So it's not a really active part of the public culture, I think, because again, it's not legal to smoke outside. So we spent hours in coffee shops and bookstores, but we didn't see any, you know, no one's lighting up. I didn't smell much smoke anywhere. 
people are pretty respectful of the law about it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are mostly doing this in their homes. In terms of in the dispensaries, like I said, we went to several and we only saw there was usually only one other customer at any of the dispensaries we went to. I mean, they weren't packed. So how many are there? Like, they, were, like were you just driving by dispensary after dispensary or are they few and far between that you have to travel? No, we were in a north. So we went to downtown Denver for a day and there were probably figure a downtown area like maybe downtown Minneapolis. Is downtown Minneapolis bigger than downtown Indianapolis? Yes. Okay, so that maybe a downtown in uh, downtown Minneapolis, let's say maybe eight, okay. kind of spread around different blocks. But in the northern suburb where we were, there were maybe three kind of spread out. Okay, so they don't outnumber Starbucks for sure. Um, I would say, yeah, I would say not not super dense. We were in the greater Denver area, you know, Boulder. There were a few, but. Um, yeah, not not a ton. Usually one or two to serve a, a population of fifty to one hundred thousand. Very rough estimate. I don't know. Uh, not not a ton, and, and not probably a ton of competition. I don't think because um, they all have like again different strains. There's also recreational dispensaries and medical dispensaries, and then dispensaries that do both. So apparently, medical grade stuff is much just stronger, and you still need a license or a prescription or whatever to get sure. medical grade stuff. Yeah. So we didn't get to mess around with any of that, but it just wasn't, it wasn't too prevalent in, you know, it's, it's not like stoners walking around everywhere. Uh, you know, from what I understand, alcohol sales are actually up. In fact, the economy is just doing really well now with it out there and nothing is really suffering from it. I wonder how it changes the conversation about it in, I mean, I've had discussions about marijuana multiple times over the years with various people. And I wonder how it changes the discussion to be in a state where it is legal compared to a state. There's what, two states where it's legal recreationally now, Washington and Colorado. I wonder, I wonder how, like, how it changes the conversation about it in that state. From like, what I understand, well, Colorado is interesting because Colorado actually has a lot of conservatives. It's... It's actually, I mean, they're really, really pro-gun. I thought Colorado was generally a relatively liberal state, except for Colorado Springs, which is a relatively conservative city. Well, I know that the conservatives have a very loud voice and active presence, and they get their guns. I mean, maybe not conservative in the traditional party line sense, but people in Colorado like having guns. Okay, well, I mean, that's one issue. Sure, um, but it's a pretty generally considered left issue right and marijuana is generally considered right issue like it's interesting to find a state where people want their guns and they want their weed if you look at traditional democrat republican party lines and it's kind of two ends of the extreme a little bit um i I think maybe you know i'm not a political like expert i'm just you know I, i think it's a little interesting that it's not like uh you know it's not the most liberal place in the universe or whatever i mean gay marriage wasn't legalized there first gay marriage was legalized in iowa first so i don't know anyway um from what i understand my my cousin's take on it was that people in colorado either completely love it or they completely hate the marijuana is legal and there's no middle ground and that showing the tax revenue and what it's done to society and all that stuff has not changed anybody's mind they're either totally for it or totally against it. And that's just kind of how it is. So that was his take. Maybe that's just a Denver area thing. But but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I would imagine they'd be happy with the tax revenue. And, and again, if you experience this, if you go to, we went to one that was next door to a coffee shop called holycoffee.donuts, spelled out. Okay. Holycoffee.donuts run by two old hippies. There's Holy Coffee Dot Donuts, who are really nice, by the way. Next to that is a medical, is a marijuana growing facility, like an Ace Hardware for weed fertilizer. Next door to that is a dispensary, and next door to that is like a, a liquor store or something. But the normalcy, you, to, you gotta go and experience how it's just in a strip mall with places you've seen a thousand times before. You walk in, your your hand is held every step of the purchasing process, everything's explained to you very clearly and they let you go and you go home and then in privacy of your own home, 
you get high and it's fine and no one is harmed and the state gets a ridiculous amount of tax money. I, and I, I cannot believe it's not legal more places. It's got to start soon. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it sounds a lot like alcohol there. Like it just sounds a lot like how you buy and consume alcohol. True. Yes. Except I would that say you that. Can, except you can go to a place with alcohol. You can go to a place and do it in public and then leave. But you can't do it in between those places. You can't do it not at the bar. And you can't do it, you can't do it not at home or in like a mm-hmm. private place. Like those are like the two places you can consume alcohol. You know, mm-hmm. weed basically just cuts out the bar. Yeah. I mean, I would say, I would say, let's say I really liked reading books while high. I would say it'd be very easy for me to go with somebody to a bookstore. And, and I didn't actually do this, but I, since I spent a lot of times in bookstores, I'm hypothesizing and I could just bring a gummy with me, sit down at the table, eat a gummy real quick. And then, you know, whatever. I don't even know if that's illegal uh, or not. Again, I didn't do it, but I, I'd imagine it'd be pretty easy to still participate in things, uh, you know, while uh, while under the influence. So you could you could kind of do it. It just wouldn't be a social smoking thing when you're out. Um, so I don't know. And I was told that there are some concert venues where you just there's pot everywhere. Everyone's just smoking weed constantly. You mean so, like the rest of the country? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. It's it's really how how different is that? Yeah. So um so there's that aspect of it that I think has bothered some people. Um, because because our friend Logan was like, yeah, I can't take my kid to a concert at this venue because everyone is high the whole time. It's like I get it. It's it's a lot of shows. Also, your kid's under two, so probably not going to <laughs> venues where people are going to be smoking a ton yet. Anyway, I mean, probably yeah. There's that, but uh, yeah, dude, it's super normal. I, I mean, yeah, it's just cool. You should you should check it out sometime. It's it's it's. It's. I think part of the coolness is how normal it is and how integrated it is. It yeah. just seems. It just seems like a good idea to me. There's a good. It's, there's a good chance that by the time that I get to Colorado, unfortunately, it's going to be legal in my state. I mean, because I imagine, I, like I, it feels like the tide is turning on it, um, and it, I think it's certainly only a matter of time. The question is how long before it becomes a legal thing, right, at a countrywide level. So I think. I think the smart states will get a jump on it because the states that are smart will say, we're going to make it legal and tax the hell out of it. Well, you look at Colorado and you, and again, I'm just assuming this, but I think it's a pretty safe assumption that they probably have a lot of tourist attraction there because they already have a lot of great tourist attractions. They have mountains. They have a lot of skiing, a lot of snowboarding there. That's a huge draw. And then also to have this on top of it where people can go, they can do those activities and then they can also legally smoke marijuana or consume marijuana when they're there. The amount of money that those tourists then bring in is probably huge. Yeah, I would imagine. So tell me about, um, about leaving. So you bought all this marijuana um, and consumed it and you had bought a piece and you used it and then you got to get on a plane because you flew. Yeah, so I could have scrubbed and run the piece and the terrible $5 grinder we got through a dishwasher and been fine okay. and brought it back. Um, or maybe wiped off all the resin and everything, made sure it's perfectly clean, maybe mailed it or something. But um, I just didn't feel like it. So I just I just left it with our host. Okay. Um, you know, I said, you know, here's a piece. You've got a piece now. Here's a grinder. You've got a grinder now. Here's some weed. you got a weed now. So what's it like when you go through the airport and you are leaving the only state where marijuana is legal? I mean, I'm assuming some people have marijuana with them. I don't know. Uh, you know, honestly, security just seemed totally standard. It was just like airport security at O'Hare. They didn't even have a full body scanner. We just walked to security, went through the metal detector. They put our bags through, and that was kind of it. So I don't know. I, I've not uh, ever tried to smuggle weed anywhere, so I don't know. Okay. I do know that right now, you get, as an out-of-stater, if you have an out-of-state ID, you can buy up to seven grams of weed in a day while you're visiting. But as of October 2016, they're going to make that two grams per day, which probably makes more sense because I don't, I don't think a lot of people are going to smoke seven grams of weed in a day. Um, and yeah. they have different, uh, different, different things for that. You can buy, for example, I think you could buy more of certain edibles than that. You could buy a certain number of milligrams more than that. 
um, because the conversion rate is different. So I don't know. But I think that's probably to curb out-of-state smuggling, basically. I would imagine there's people in Nebraska that cross the border, buy a bunch of weed every day, and then come back. So I'd imagine that'd be to curb that, which makes sense. But, you know, they're tweaking it. But I think it's quite the successful, successful experiment. And seriously, a state states need to legalize this individually to get all that tax revenue because if the government de- decriminalizes it or whatever and the government starts to put a federal tax on it, which I don't know if that's a thing they can do, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like the, I feel like the federal government might try to get their hands on some of that money and maybe the state should should legalize it faster so they can get all the money first. I could be wrong though. Or you just end up paying two types of tax. Yeah, there's that. You pay a state and a federal tax. It's totally worth it, though. Death Star is awesome. That's all I have to say. Cool. Well, I'm glad but, you had a good... It sounds like you had a good trip. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Uh, yeah, if anybody goes to Colorado, check out check out our variety of dispensaries. The Green Solution is the best. It's a gold standard. If they start trading on the stock market, I am 100% buying it. Like, no doubt this company is could be the next, like, literally McDonald's or Coca-Cola of of the u.s if it, if it becomes a national thing they've already got at least a few in the denver area it's just like super slick high tech they know what they're doing it was a good time so yeah man i don't know uh you want to get high man just calling me that was good it sounds like i'm glad you had a good trip vacations are yeah. always vacations for the most part kind of no matter what you're doing are always pretty good i hope so. you found that interesting and educational i did I absolutely okay. did. It's, it's, super, it like a, it's yeah. no, it's super, it's super interesting because it's such like a unique thing to Colorado and then obviously to Washington, which is very far away. So it's not like that is, it's just, it's such a unique thing to have that be legal there. Yeah. It's unique and really interesting. And I, I just didn't realize how many different ways there were to smoke. This guy explained dabbing. You take a super highly concentrated uh, resin and you put it on the end of this this elaborate looking glass piece. It I can't even describe it. And you take a you literally take a blowtorch and blowtorch it until it's super hot. The vapor goes down into this chamber, and then you smoke out of that. And it supposedly is super highly concentrated and gets you really high and is a totally different smoking experience, is what he described. I was like, dude, it would take me a hundred dollars in a week to figure this out. So I'm just going to not do this, but dabbing sounding this there. There's a lot of stuff, man. It's, it's pretty cray. It's very cray. Super cray. cray. Not as cray though, is the other part of my vacation to wrap up the podcast. You're, you've been anticipating me mention this the whole episode. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. I don't. John Martin. I actually have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, you know what I'm talking about, John Martin. What part of my trip did I not talk about? What button did I not press? The flight? WrestleMania. Oh, I was joking when I said we should talk about that. Oh, all right. Okay. Was it, uh, was it really bad? I won't talk that much about it, but the, the actual WrestleMania show this year was over four hours long. Is that right? Yeah, it was over four hours long. <laughs> so and the pre-show, so the pre-show in front of the live crowd was two hours long. That's a six-hour show of wrestling? Some people were there for over six hours of wrestling. Holy. And by the end of the show, the crowd, you could tell, was just dead. They were just... I mean, part of it was they didn't care about the main event, but... um, I mean, really, the only highlight, the match of the night was the women's championship match. WWE is actually giving women's wrestling a really big push, and they... Women's wrestling has always been awful. Dude, yeah, Every review I've read of WrestleMania has said that this is the best women's match in the history of WrestleMania. That's awesome. And they're retiring the Divas Championship and, in fact, the term Diva, and it is now the WWE Women's Championship. Good for them. So that's really cool. I think it, that's a – yeah, it's really cool. The, in the, it was an exceptional match. And, uh, yeah, but overall, not the best WrestleMania, but it was better with Logan commentary. Logan's commentary was amazing. You can probably imagine. Absolutely. Where'd you guys watch it? At the place where we were staying. Sweet. Just on the WWE Network. I think they have an ordinance in Colorado that you can't show pay-per-views on TV. Because every bar I called, as soon as I was like, oh, it's on pay-per-view, they were like, oh, we can't show that. So Interesting. Whatever. Fine. Whatever, Denver. Um, when WWE pay-per-view payback is in Chicago. So do you want 
me to buy tickets and you can pay me back? Or do you just want to fly down here and when do you is it? see if we can get, did you ask me what day it was? I did. When is it? I'm it, busy it, that it, day. Well then. Really though, when is it? I don't know. It's on a <laughs> obviously, Sunday. Obviously it's very important to you too. It's Sunday, April something. I don't, I don't care. It's that soon? Didn't they just have one? Holy crap. So this is a good time to uh, wrap up. So as you know, we are members of the Gunna Geek Network. It is a network of podcasts, many different podcasts regarding geeky things. Uh, so a couple of things that are going on in our, uh, in our network. On Nerd Alert News, uh, most recent episode is Return of the Mythbusters. There's some great news stories this week. Plot details on Mass Effect Andromeda have come out. The Oculus Rift founder hand-delivers the first Rift. Did you hear about this? The hand-delivered the, uh, no. to, the, to the first backer in Alaska. He flew up there. Only he didn't inc- <laughs> they didn't include like any of, um, I want to say it's like the cords or something. Like he couldn't hook it up. So it was, it was funny. It was kind of a funny story. Uh, and Deadpool is officially the highest grossing rated R movie in the world. Uh, the featured story this week is that the Science Channel is bringing back the, myth, the Mythbusters, but with a bit of a twist. There will be a re- reality series to find new Mythbusters before launching the next generation in a brand new show. Uh, and then on All Things Good and Nerdy, it's the show of randomness. Willie couldn't be here for the show of randomness, but have no worries. Chris, Naki, and Anthony were able to pick up the slack. Before getting into news, there was official, an unofficial review of Batman vs. Superman, despite two-thirds of the panel having not seen the movie. After the review, Chris had details on how Deadpool is the highest grossly rated R movie. Anthony had some rumors regarding reshoots with Suicide Squad, and Naki had set photos from Doctor Strange for everyone to drool over. Good stuff on the Gunna Geek Network at GunnaGeek.com. You can find us there, too. Can you now? I think so. Yeah, some you other, can. There's some other places you can find us, too. There are. Well, yeah, and we'll get to those. Uh, I should also public service announcement. We do not here at Game Life Balance US promote the use of illegal drugs or substances. Realize yep. I forgot to tack that on. It was fun experimenting with the marijuanas uh, when it was in a legal state. I did not break any laws. That's good. You probably shouldn't. Nope. So, listener, do not break laws. Do not smoke weed every day. It's from a Dr. Dre song. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, you know what else I'd like to do? I'd like to thank you, listener, for listening to the Game Life Balance U.S. podcast, the American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe if you liked this episode. Really, we would love it if you would do that or leave us a review if you'd really like to make our day. And that You can find us on iTunes or Stitcher to do that. You can also find us on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageek.com or on the official podcast of uh, network of W. Wow. How about I read? How about I read, John? (laughs) You can find us on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageek.com or on the official podcast network of Chicago's WGN Radio at wgnplus.com. Learn more about Game Life Balance, including contact information and links to our sister show in Australia at gamelifebalance.us. Our sister show is pretty awesome. Speaking of, our sister show just posted their third episode. You should listen to it. It's yeah. I know you don't listen to our podcast, so the chance of me getting you to listen to their podcast is very slim. But now that we've identified that you literally have a doppelganger in Australia, I I have a much higher chance of listening to their podcast than ever listening to ours. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. Wow. So one percent. We'll give it a one percent. It's better than point five. Uh, checkmate. Damn you!